Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. But if you would like to follow along in your pew Bible, our reading for today is going to come to us from the gospel according to John chapter 9, verses 24 to 34, if you would like to follow along once again. So let us hear our gospel reading for this day. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, You are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, Here is the astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, Yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, You were born entirely in sins. And you're trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. John Newton was, perhaps it's a name that sounds familiar to you, was an English poet, an Anglican clergyman, who penned the words to a beloved hymn in 1779, one that we will sing after the message for today amazing grace. For being such a well-known hymn, you would think that John Newton was a deeply religious man, but he didn't really come to understand his faith until he was much later on in his adult life. Newton had begun by being conscripted into the Royal Navy, and after leaving the service, found work in the booming Atlantic slave trade. It was during one of these voyages that a violent storm battered his ship, and it caused such tremendous damage, it was such a horrible sight, that it led Newton to cry out to God asking for mercy. Newton, after that, would remain in the slave trade for a few more years until he left to study and pursue theology and later work as one of England's most well-known abolitionists. 
The words, I was blind, but now can see, held new meaning for him. For Newton, who considered himself a lost soul during his years of trafficking human life. Grace does some funny things if we allow grace to work in our lives. Grace allows our eyes to be open to new possibilities, to allow our hearts to be opened to new possibilities. Grace allows us to see beyond chaos, beyond uncertainty, beyond hate and anger, to catch a glimpse then of what it means to live in the kingdom of God. It allows us to see beyond that, to catch a glimpse of what could be. This is the grace that carried John Newton to the point in his life where he heard the call of God. It's the same grace that the blind man felt when Jesus restored his sight. And this is the grace that we too are given in our own lives and asked to embrace and to make it our own. To allow this grace to be liberating, to be freeing, to give us strength. Grace that enables us to go on day after day because it feeds our souls that are hungry or tired or weary. We all need a little grace, especially these days, I think. Grace that we extend to others, grace that we extend to ourselves as well. Grace that comes from God. But as we seek after this grace and to make it our own as treasure that comes from God, we should also be aware of the things that prevent us from allowing grace to do its work. Because there are things that get in the way of grace. Grace that we receive and grace that we give. As John Newton talks about the dangers, toils, and snares, we're left pondering what are those things in our own life that get in our way of the changing power of God's grace? What are the things that keep you, keep us, from being in the presence of amazing grace that flows from the throne of God? It could be bitterness. It could be anger. Anger that things didn't go your way or anger you just hold on to and you just let it sit there be a grudge that you or we or us refuse to let go of. Or it could be a longing, a longing for a time that has long since come and gone. These are just some of the many dangers, toils, and snares that we need to overcome to be in a state where we can connect fully with the love and grace that comes from God. In our reading for today, we find Jesus crossing paths with this man who was born blind. And there were those like us, to this day in different forms, blamed this person for their own suffering. You heard it in our reading for today. You were born a sinner, so you expect the punishment that you deserve. 
But Jesus breaks that cycle of our expectations, our understanding of how the world works. After hearing the words of those standing around Jesus who were blaming this man for his blindness, Jesus heals him. Jesus says as well that no one can be blamed for his blindness and adds, in fact, that this man had a purpose so that God's work might be revealed in him. In this story of grace, as we try to understand its work in our own lives, also paints for us a picture of the ways in which we are to be careful in the world. Because if we aren't careful, we'll end up on the side that blames others for things that are simply out of our control. If we find we aren't careful, we'll, be, we'll find that instead of being on the side of righteousness, we'll be on the side of self-indignation. And if we find ourselves on the wrong side, grace will catch us by surprise whenever Jesus is involved because grace always finds a way to work, to correct what is wrong, to prop up what, to prop up those who experience injustice. Injustice. The man who was healed in this reading this morning had his sight restored after Jesus spit into his hands, took some mud, rubbed it on the man's eyes. After having his sight restored, he walks around a bit, and people don't actually recognize him. It's funny how we allow some of our own preconceived notions or our own biases to keep us from seeing certain people, but then when they fit our bubble, we recognize them. Here, too, people don't recognize the blind man. Some even ask if he's the same person who begged outside the city walls, and he's like, yep, that's me. I'm that man. That brings us to today where the man is called back once again, having been healed, because now he's being interrogated. But the man who was healed by Jesus didn't get swept up into their game about theology or politics. All this man knew is that Jesus restored his sight. And all he could say was, one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Friends, this is the kind of grace God offers. But it's a grace that does have a cost. Its cost is our being willing to open up, to be disciples, to be followers, to be people who allow this grace to transform us, to be people who perhaps are a little stingy with our hearts. This is something we struggle with because we know in our heads that we need to let go of certain things, that we need to embrace certain things as well, but we have a habit of clinging on to things that to God are petty whether they be those little hurts, whether it be clinging on to anger, refusing to let things go or to cast away certain things in order for us to be free. 
It's what allows us, or it's what gets us caught up in the cycle of trying to live as disciples, but with hands that are closed or one hand closed behind our back while trying to give freely, but still holding on to something. This is what caught the Pharisees off guard as they talked to the man whom Jesus healed. They couldn't get over the thought that someone who they judged to be a sinner could be reconciled. They couldn't get over the idea that God would allow such an act to happen because they were so caught up in their own self-image, they refused grace to enter into the picture. They refused words of compassion and love that came from the blind man's testimony because it didn't fit into their idea of what grace could be. I can't help thinking of the rest of the verse that John Newton penned, one that I alluded to a little bit before, that through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come, t'was grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead us home. John Newton, and I think even ourselves along with the Pharisees, find ourselves in this starting position where we refuse to acknowledge that God's grace can do such wondrous things. At the same time, at some point, we will also find ourselves in the position of the blind man who needed grace, who ends up being healed by Jesus, being on the receiving end of grace. As people here who probably know what it's like to have experienced both things, we try our best to walk on the path that God has set before us, knowing that grace is what will lead us home to a place where the transforming power of God takes hold. In our reading for today, we are challenged to look for how the hand of God is working in our lives. If you're not sure, perhaps the blind man's testimony resonates with you. The one thing I know is I was blind, but now I'm seeing. Perhaps God has opened up for you a spot or a place in your own heart or your own soul where you find that such grace has taken hold. In our world, though, this grace is what scares the Pharisees, even scares us, because when God gets involved, we are no longer in control of every aspect of our life. And for that reason, there is a price to pay. For those of us who refuse welcome in the grace of God, for those of us who refuse to welcome, to welcome in the grace of God that opens our eyes, we will find that we are poor for it. When we turn our backs on love and compassion, when we hold on to bitterness and petty grudges, we will find that our spirits are not as filled as they could have been if we let go. The price of not paying attention to God's grace-filled work in the end might be pretty costly. During the season of Lent, it is our challenge to try to get closer to this grace, grace 
that can act as a catalyst of nourishment and growth that grounds us in the new thing God is doing in our world. It may be grace that gives you permission to work through the tougher things in life, the tougher seasons in life. It may be grace that allows you to ask hard questions of God and yourself. It may be grace that allows you to let go of things that weigh you down and allows you to see a future filled with possibilities instead of closed doors. When we allow ourselves to be filled with the kind of grace, that kind of grace, new opportunities are opened. And what we thought was chaos and uncertainty turns out to be a blank canvas that is ready to be filled with an ongoing telling of God's creation. In the end, perhaps the best we can do is look back on our life's journey and our relationship with God and to see how that grace has unfolded in our lives. Today we, not, today we may not have mastered grace, but tomorrow is another opportunity to live into the plans that God has set before us. This Lenten season, are you, are we, am I, willing to allow that grace to be life-altering? Grace that, as John Newton wrote, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed." Let us pursue that kind of grace that pushes us and challenges us to see God's hand at work in the world around us, so that we ourselves may stand tall and proud like the blind man who was healed by Christ, bearing witness to the wondrous act of God that welcomes all of us with grace that has room for all. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.